Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1025. Hey, head on over to ID10T.com. Uh, we just posted a new uh, shirt that is basically a Jetsons shirt with a Rick and Morty flair that was designed by a friend of ours named Ed Harrington, who runs an amazing uh, pop culture art Instagram account called Nothing Happened Today. And his stuff is amazing. So go to the site, then check out Ed's stuff. And uh, also, if you're going to be in Irvine, California, November 15, 16, I'll be at the Irvine Improv. And then uh, later in mid-December, uh, I believe the, maybe the, what's the date? The 12th, 13th, and 14th, I'll be at the Tacoma Comedy Club in Tacoma, Washington. So ID10T.com for all that stuff, info, tickets, whatnots. But let's talk about you, the ID10T community. Events at ID10T.com, like Bryce, who writes... Come to the Chicago Pinball Expo this Thursday through Saturday, October 17th through 19th. You can meet Pat Lawler, who designed your uh, Twilight Zone pinball machine. Twilight Zone's a great pinball machine, by the way. His new game is Willy Wonka. Also, Cassandra Peterson will be there, who, of course, is Elvira. uh, And she's going to be promoting her new pin. Also, she has three of them now. One released in 89, 96, and 2019. Info at pinballexpo.net. I love all of those things. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us, Bryce. This episode is CM Punk, a.k.a. Phil Brooks, who is promoting his new film, Girl on the Third Floor, which is in theaters and on digital platforms October 25th. Uh, It's a horror movie, and uh, Phil's the star of it. And I've known him many years back when, you know, he did Talking Dead maybe, oh gosh, season two, I think? Season two or three? And uh, he's a great guy, and we've been friends ever since. And, uh, and I love him. So here is the ID10T podcast number 1025 with CM Punk or Phil Brooks. Initiating ID10T protocol. And then you're just going to move into I'm the walls. I'm going to do my best to hide on the property. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Yeah, this was just like um, they had to dig this out. It's a cavity underneath the upstairs. And the that's pre- what Katie said. Like they, This wasn't even like... A, no, the previous owner said, oh, there's a cavity under there. And we were going to turn it into a wine cellar, but we never did. And so... That wall is concrete, so they jackhammered through that. I put this all on Instagram because it was so fascinating. Yeah, I remember seeing like all of it. You know, I was hoping there was treasure in here, but it was just dirt. It was I just mean, but, dirt. But this is the treasure. But this is the treasure. We made. That's a yes. great way to start. We made so, the we're, treasure. We're doing the podcast already. We're... <laughs> oh my god! Doing I can't the, believe doing how the show in the green room. I can't believe how long it's been since you first did Talking Dead. Because some of those pictures from back then, I mean, you look the same. No, I don't know about that. But I feel like Norman and I looked like 12-year-olds in the, you know, because when his hair was still short and... Yeah, I think he's a guy that looks the same all the time, though. Yeah. But he just, he's, his, his hair has gotten longer 
and greasier. We all just I'll say it. I'll say it <laughs> in the you, best way. You don't have to say. He's it. riding the it. motorcycles. I don't fault him for it. I'm just saying. <laughs> How are you? How's Chicago? What's going on? I am great. Chicago is uh, Chicago's great. Still a great place to live. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm dreading the winter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. I I don't know how anyone survives that. I mean, it's crazy to me that Chicago as a city doesn't just uh, shut down for the winter, a la <laughs> well, Stanley Hotel. It sort of does. Um, I, I think Illinois as a whole, without Chicago, would be Indiana. So Chicago should just <laughs> dome itself off. You know. <laughs> Not to not to substantiate anybody's need or want for you know border walls or anything like I that. I know, but but then, but then if you but then if you dome it off, doesn't when everyone turns thirty, don't they blow them up in a in a ceremony? Logan's Run style. <laughs> oh, then I, I should have been killed. <laughs> I know. I should have been killed we two never, years ago. We never two years ago. <laughs> Very generous. Yeah. <laughs> Very. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just performing, and I te- I emailed you because I was performing in Schaumburg, mm-hmm. and uh, but of course it was the same weekend as Riot Fest. Yes, which the lineup looked insane. Um, yeah, like last, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to any of it. I went. Um, Rancid played. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm, I went more because I'm just friends with those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm the old punk rock guy now. Yeah. where I'm just like I don't want to. Go to concerts. I don't want to go to They're festivals. Loud. They're loud. I mean, and so Slayer played their last Chicago date, supposedly, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, they're like you know, a couple miles from my house, and I was just like, oh, I can't. <laughs> Wait, do I have to? Do I have to like put on pants? Fifteen? Yeah, yeah, precisely. Fifteen year old me would be very upset. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's that. That's what happens. It's just so comfortable to be at home. Because I was just talking to my. Um, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about Bonnaroo that because I performed at Bonnaroo one year and is that like Burning Man? I'm well, not... it's in Tennessee. It's it's, oh, it's okay. outside of Nashville. Okay, and but it's in the it's in the dead of summer in the Tennessee humidity and heat. And you know, people have said, "Should I go to Bonnaroo?" I go, "It's a great festival," but you know. People do go, and I assume they uh, engage in substances all night, and then they sleep in these non-ventilated tents, mm. which are just holding in the funk. And I don't know how more people are not <laughs> taken to the hospital because it's so hot there. I say, I'm so old now. I'm just thinking about like the locals and the residents who are probably just like, <laughs> well, it's out in the middle of a f- like nowhere. Okay, so it's out of town in the middle of a field. So there aren't really. I hope they're picking up after themselves. <laughs> I really do. But when you're young, you'll just dig a hole in the dirt and take a dump and then yeah. and then just go right back to the thing you were doing before. Yep. And I don't uh I just don't have that it's it's real hard to motivate us to like <laughs> what do we have to go okay, we'll go okay, okay, we'll go to that. But then we sh- hopefully we'll be home by 10. And yep. 10 10's kind of pushing 10's late. It. 10's late. I got a lot of friends in LA that are texting me like, "Hey, I know you're here for work, but like let's, you know, let's hook up. Let's like, you know, let's try to get like dinner." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay, well what time?" They're like, "5 o'clock. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but the thing is, you know, especially with especially with what your stage persona was, you have to go to bed early to maintain that. Like when you see performers, it's like, you know, Rob Zombie still tours always. Mm-hmm. And but he is in great shape. He's vegan. He takes care of himself. And it's like that idea that, you know, 
the, the like the aging rocker. It's like, no, no, you you might be able to have that persona in the world, it's but not, the, the maintenance and what you have to do. It's not realistic. It's not real. Yeah. I, was, I look back at what I used to do. Like when I when I go to airports now, I go, oh, my God, I used to do this every day. <laughs> and I think about it. And I, I would I wouldn't I would die. You would you do that. And then you go into an arena and jump on someone's head. Yeah. And get thrown more, around more often than not. Get my head jumped on. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then just do it all over again. And, yeah. and you know, I, I tricked myself into, like, being in love with, like, this romantic notion of, like, nope, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And, like, I was single at the time, and I had no obligations, didn't have a dog, obviously no children. So, yeah, I was just, just ripping it up. And by it, I mean my body. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because, <laughs> you you know, you feel like, you you know, you heal right away, and then it's no big deal. And then now I, I was telling my uh, – I've been the same trainer for, like, 14 years – I was telling him it's like it's astonishing how much work you have to do not just to like get in amazing shape but just to feel okay mm-hmm. the amount of stretching and the amount of like you know and still you could go to pick something up and be like ah fuck ah oh, my shoulder god damn it you know my my warm ups nowadays are like my old workouts. Yeah. I, I got to warm up enough and then I'm like, I feel great right now. And then I can, then I can do everything. I yeah. pay for it in the morning. I'll wake up and just be like, Oh, do you still train pretty hard regularly? I, yeah. Like that was my thing this morning. I knew I had to come here. Um, so I was just like, well, all I got to do is wake up in the morning and I'll, I don't know, I'll go hike. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to do like whatever's around when I'm in Chicago. Uh, I tend to lift more weights when I'm in Milwaukee. That's where I train MMA. Um, and then I'm here. So like, I don't have a gym and I don't want to go to a gym to have to talk to somebody at the front desk to, right. to do the whole, I just want to work out for the, right. I, I literally, literally, I just need 45 minutes. Right. Well, well, you got to talk to, you got to talk to Jeff who's, you know, I don't want to talk, <laughs> to, Jeff. talk to Jeff. Can you just take my money? Please let me work out. Yeah. I don't want to do any of that. So it's easier. Just headphones, shoes, go to, go to Griffith or go to Runyon yeah. and just kind of get lost for an hour. Uh, so I did that this morning and that's why. Do you why. do shit on the hike? Do you like stop and do sit-ups or push-ups or whatever? You just kind of uh, hike? Eh, depending on how I feel, like today was the second day in a row I did it. So I was just like, I'm fine with just running straight up this, this canyon. Yeah. And, and that seemed to, it seemed to be enough. You know, I, I essentially did like mm, five miles, you know, some. It um, took me a long time to learn that. I'm, I don't need to try to impress anyone right. in a fitness situation because my trainer always says, you know, I want you to leave feeling better than when you when I showed up. And, uh, you know, so I used to try we used to I used to punch mitts and stuff. And then after a while, I'm like, well, that hurts my wrists. Why? Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. I don't need to do this anymore. And then I was doing pull ups and then I added a weight belt and <laughs> dropped a 25 pound weight on there. And I was doing pull ups and I felt awesome. And then I basically sprained my wrists. Because I was pulling up too much weight. And it's like, oh, I don't need to do that. Why do I, I don't need to do that. Why am I doing that? You're Who compi- am I doing that You're for? a competition with yourself. Yeah, exactly. You, you should just, yeah, just with a 1% better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or at least just, because uh, I always used to say I would, I would work out to try to feel something. And now I work out to try to not feel anything. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't want to feel, I don't want to have the like. Oh, I, I popped a rib out. You we're, know? we're Strattler and Waldorf now. Yeah, just, rrr, rrr, rrr. Just two old guys. Oh, I love it. But uh, is, tra- is how is MMA training different from um, from wrestling training? Um, well, I mean, I wrestling training, MMA training is a lot like wrestling training in that 
I do it every day. So when I was learning how to wrestle and training, um, I was there. I was there, every day just you're beating the crap out of yourself. And yeah. then obviously, you know, I learned the job, and then I was on the road. So I wasn't training every day, so to speak. Um, I was performing, you know. Um, but MMA training every day is just like I get obsessed to where I'm like. I try to train like three times a day. Mm-hmm. I pay for that real of quick, course. real fast. Of course. And then there's, I, I feel like I'm okay as long as I stay up on it. Like, and I'm talking like doing cryo, uh, like dry kneeling massage. Yeah. Like I, if I stay up on that stuff, then I can train three times a day. But yeah. I'm kind of like you now at this point. Um, like, why am I training three times a day? Well, because you do step into a ring where someone tries to punch you as hard as they can. But I'm at a point in my life now where I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm fighting again professionally. Right. You know what I mean? But it's just like I'm still so like in love with learning. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I still feel like when I go to spar, when I go do jujitsu, like anything, like I'm just learning and I'm there and I'm having fun. And like, I just love the process of all of that. It's just my body's betraying me. Yeah, you know? but it, that is the best reason to do anything, though. If you like yes. it and it does feel good yes. and it's fun to you, that's enough of a reason. It doesn't I – think, I think when we start out, we feel like everything has to have a specific goal. And it's like, no, you can just do stuff because you like doing it. It doesn't mean that you ever have to step in a ring again. You can still train and enjoy that process. Well, And I'm not in like a fight camp. Like I don't have a name and a date that I'm staring down the barrel of. Yeah. So it's it's a lot more enjoyable to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym and then I go home. And then if I miss a session – because I fell asleep or I took a nap and I'll just be like, well, I'll just go later or yeah. I'll just, I'll take the day off. I'll take the night off. It's, it's, uh, it's much more enjoyable that way. How's your diet? How's your diet day to day? It's terrible. Because <laughs> you were the one, first of all, Schomburg is really interesting because they, it's all centered around this giant mall where mm-hmm. the improv is, which is a great club. But there's also like a Kuma's Corner, a Portillo's, like there's all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, Schaumburg is like Chicago without all the Chicago. Well, that's like, what that's what everybody like moved. Like the, everyone just started like moving out. Rosemont now is like ridiculous. They have this giant Rosemont like I don't know. I think there's a casino there. now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rosemont, by the way, like the most corrupt, the corrupt city in maybe America. Oh, is it? They've had two mayors their entire existence. Um. And the one was the dad and the other one was the son. Okay. You should Google this. It's weird. The son started some sort of thing where he said after his dad died, he saw his face in a tree. It's like, it's. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. But it's blowing up. Rosemont's Rosemont. blowing up. Woo woo. So, so I was, I'm curious because you took me to Kuma's Corner for the first time, which those burgers are Sorry. insane. Yeah, it'll ruin you. So good. Um, and. I'm just like, do you have a like, what's your set schedule every week for do you have like a cheat day or do you kind of just eat whatever? But in moderation, it just doesn't matter. Everything's in I mean, everything's in moderation because I'm also at the point now where like I could blow it out and I'll just get sick of eating like shit. Yeah. I just get tired of it. Yeah. Just like I can't eat. Yeah. I feel that way, too. You know, like so it helps uh, going out to dinner or making food with with ape because, you know. You can share food, yeah, and you can just have like if she gets sweet potato fries, I can just have like two or three, and I'm like, I'm good. You're good, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't think I have the cleanest diet. I think if you looked at it objectively, people would probably like slap me in the back of the head and be like, <laughs> Yeah, you eat, you eat better than like anybody, you know. Uh, it's always easier for me to eat clean in the morning. 
and then I train and then I'm still like a weird night owl to where like I, I am like that 12 year old Phil that I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep because I don't want to miss anything. Right. You know, so I still want to stay up late and watch movies. And like, that's when I'm like, hmm, I'm going to eat some junk. Have a snack. It's, a lot, yeah, exactly. it's a lot easier to eat junk at night. And then I got April who's like trying intermittent fasting and like she's always more on point than I am. I'm what I would like to picture is you in like a onesie footy pajamas just eating a bowl of lucky charms at like 12:30 at night it's, it's watching a, it's a lot more a creature feature. It's a lot more pornographic than that. <laughs> watching a softcore creature feature. No, I just meant like I'm probably just, you know, maybe wearing shorts. May- oh, gotcha. Maybe. Gotcha. 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 I thought you're like maybe wearing a shirt, no pants. You yeah. know, just go eat some cereal, do a little shirt cocking. Shirt it's cocking, fine, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so hey, she is doing the intermittent fasting because I, I had heard that Terry Crews has been doing that, and he says, "Oh, it's I've never felt better in my life." And so I, the guy always looks like a like fucking six million dollars. He does. Like, he yeah. looks incredible. Yeah. Some of that might just be his own like DNA oh, for I'm just sure. like perfection. I know he probably puts a lot of work into it, but some people are just like, oh yeah, you're just kind of physically perfect. Yeah. I know I know a lot of MMA fighters have never touched like a weight in their life. And they're just they just look like little He Man guys. And just like <laughs> you know, secretly really hate these people. Is it did was the I'm sure you've probably talked about this or maybe you haven't talked about it. I don't know, but was the the jump to MMA Fun, scary, weird, what you expected, not what you expected, enjoyable, not enjoyable. It was all of that, though. It literally, it, it really was all of that. And I, I think if you're scared of anything, I think that's like one of the best reasons to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's skydiving, right? Why the hell do we as human beings strap a parachute to our back and jump out of planes? Yeah. It's, I mean, when you think of it, it's like the stupidest thing in the world, right? <laughs> Bungee jumping. You know, driving fast cars, like all these things, I, I, it's the adrenaline rush, right? So I'm kind of the, the like, have you seen Jojo Rabbit yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So it, it ends with a quote, um, and I, I'm, I'm not sophisticated enough to know who the, the author or the poet uh, of uh, where the quote came from, and I'll butcher the entire quote, but the beginning of it is, let everything happen to you. You know, joy and terror. Oh wow! And it, and it's just and there's there's more to the quote. I I, I apologize for but that's a good for that's butchering a good, it. That's a good way to say it because we in our culture, I think we have romanticized the idea that everything should be amazing and perfect all the time, or just sunny all the time. Yeah. And my wife always says like, no, you don't appreciate the sunny days without the rainy days. It's pretty weird that like I like even if I'm like having a bad day, I can center myself and just be like, you know what, this like. The end of the quote that they end the movie with is no feeling is final. Right. You know, so there's always, there's, there's, it ebbs and it flows. There's good days and there's bad days. And yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I challenge any, any person, any, anybody who's ever done MMA, if you tell me that you haven't sat in your car in the parking lot of your gym and cried your eyes out, <laughs> you're, you're just a liar. You know what I mean? And it's just like the camaraderie in my gym is that every single one of us shares those stories together. Right. And I've walked out of the gym and I've seen guys sitting in their car and, you know, and they just look up and you just look at them and you just give them the thumbs up and I've been in the car and like, you know, and it's just, 
it's just the process and it's just like you go through that why am i doing this right especially me of all people like why am i why am i doing this yeah you why know? do you at this point like why do you need to go jump in the ring and, and... because because i could because yeah. i was afforded the fucking opportunity yeah whether, whether you like it or not it, it you know it's something that was offered to me and i went Oh, yeah. Why not yeah, try yeah, that? Absolutely. Hey, yeah. you want to you want to drive this really fast, expensive car on this racetrack? Yeah. Yeah, because okay. you didn't want to. I'm sure you didn't want to. You know, hit sixty or seventy and be like, you know, I should have just done it. It's because now I can't do it. I should have just done it. That's exactly kind of how I try to just live. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to have the regrets. And I, you know, I honestly can say, knock on wood. That I I don't think I, I have a single one. You know, people always ask me questions about wrestling and oh you hate wrestling and I'm like no I don't, I don't hate it I don't regret any of it like I'm I'm focused on doing other stuff. But you did it. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, you know if I if I had a time machine the only thing I would try to do is go back in time and see bands you know <laughs> and I would still probably fuck up the the space-time continuum and disaster would occur but yeah i wouldn't try to change anything that's good though i mean because it you know being able to challenge yourself consistently and not being complacent and you know that idea of getting uncomfortable that growth happens from getting uncomfortable i'm sure that this experience has probably paid off for you in ways that you never imagined before yeah and i you know and and if i'm ever in a situation Zombie apocalypse, hurricane, tornado, <laughs> earthquake, whatever. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I, I actually think I, I, I thrive in being uncomfortable. You know, I, I think I put myself in enough situations where I'm like, oh, this sucks. But, yeah, you know, what? it didn't kill me. I'm alive. So yeah. I just I can, you know, hopefully handle whatever whatever's whatever's coming. But also you're I think you're good at handling because you know in in these types of whatever just especially because of social media now like every sector of everything has its hecklers and its trolls and people oh, shouting at you so easy to do right but the but the CM Punk wrestling character like he built his career off like he built his identity off like kind of being villainous until he was embraced yeah. you know and so you were you know, to a degree, I, I feel like you were sort of – you built up the armor for that and that sort of fed you. Did you find that with MMA? Because I'm sure when it was announced, people were like, oh, what the fuck is this guy think he's fucking doing? Blah, 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 blah. You know? Right, and, right. and that – I imagine that you were like, okay, that's just sort of fuel for the fire. Yeah, it's fuel for the fire. I mean, the best thing to do is to not read comments on anything. Ever. You know? No, you. I mean, you shouldn't do it. Everybody out there, set your notifications and get rid of, <laughs> get rid of everybody that doesn't. No, when the, on someone's deathbed, then no one's ever going to say, "I should have read more comments." Yeah, or, I should. I should have said more shitty things to people with blue check marks on Twitter. Like, that's just not. That's not ever going to happen. I, I, I think uh, fuck. What were we talking about? We're talking about um... we were talking about training, and we were talking about wrestling, and we were talking about all the training and putting into it and appreciating stuff. And then oh, you were but talking yeah, about I don't the put I don't put the stock in stuff. Like I, I think everybody's human, so I think if somebody's yelling at you, uh, shitty things. Yeah, it could affect you, but at the end of the day, like I don't put stock in anybody else's opinion because I know who the fuck I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is the best way. It's a very difficult thing to achieve because you have to be comfortable with you. First of all, you have to know yourself, and then you have to be comfortable with what you know mm -hmm. of yourself. And 
then if you are able to be cool with that, it's not like – I mean if someone came up to your face and they're like, you're a fucking piece of job. You're a human being. Of course you're going to be like, oh, why would they – You know. but ultimately as long as you're able to not define yourself by what other – people say about you mm-hmm. then you're probably in you know a better condition to navigate this particular timeline that we are in currently mm-hmm. i would imagine yeah but what how do you define like what is what is your metric for success like how do you personally define success that's a good question uh, i don't know i think the goalposts are always moving yeah uh i think I mentioned it earlier, you know, being at competition with yourself. Yeah. Like I never tried to have anybody, any certain person that I like looked up to and was like, I need to beat that person, mm-hmm. you know, and, and especially in, in, in pro wrestling, you know, cause it's such a, it's such a strange animal, you yeah. know, it's not true competition but in a way it's the most cutthroat competition because well, it's a it's a theatrical popularity contest yes it's like it's like you going to the neighbor kid's house and he's playing with his toys and he has his favorite toys yep and you can't compete with that <laughs> you can't tell him well this toy is better because he's gonna be like go go fuck yourself right go get out get out of my house right uh, but the competition is is very very real, and a lot of people hide behind the guise of the the boys. The boys are going to take care of each other, and the boys, the yeah. wrestling boys, and we're all brothers. And like that couldn't be further from the truth. Everybody would sell their own mother for like, <laughs> you know, for like probably whatever they think their level of success is because sure. everybody's is different. Whether sure. it's I just want a main event Madison Square Garden, take my grandmother, yeah. I just need a million dollars, you know. Like it'd be a really weird deal if it was like, okay, you can play here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna need your grandmother. Need, I, <laughs> All right, well, you know okay, what? Opening match at the garden. I'll just take one of her kidneys. <laughs> All right, grandma. She had a good run. Yeah, you're not, you're not long for this earth. Yeah, she had a good run. She did okay. Uh, so success, um, you know, it's strange being being a guy who has uh, been, uh, I will say, un, unjustfully involved in some frivolous lawsuits and mm-hmm. just spent some money and panicked because I had to spend this money because it was money I earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then eventually going, yeah, what the, the fuck do I care? I don't care. I'll make more money tomorrow. And right. realizing that my success is predicated on waking up every morning and like having an awesome dog mm-hmm. and wife to yep. kiss, not yep. necessarily in that order. Yep. Uh, and that, that's where I'm at in life right now where, you know, I'm just like, I, I don't care what happened, especially right now. Like today you got me on such a good day. <laughs> it's been, it's been a really good week oh, and you good. know, like we're out here kind of a working vacation. I'm, I'm, I'm hustling, doing stuff for the movie, for the movie girl on the third floor, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on other stuff and April's out here working too. So we're like, she's scheduled some meetings and there's like all these moving parts in our life right now but like the one thing that isn't moving it's just like us she can fuck off and go do her thing her writing stuff i can fuck off and and go do double runions and Mm -hmm. come here and you know at the end of the day we come back home and form like voltron you know double runions yeah (laughs) 
That's, oh, that's really funny. Stupid. It's a double runyon. Stupid thing to do in the rain too. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's probably not as crowded because um, in LA we f- we flee like rats that's whenever there's the slight moisture in the that's air. One of the, that's why I love runyon so much. I'm like, it's played out, and it's. But I I love people watching. Yeah, people watching and so many dogs. Yeah, I'm just like in heaven. Like it's so great. Yeah, the last time I was at Runyon, I was walking up the hill, and these two girls were walking by me, and the only part of their conversation I heard was, "One time, my friend Heather totally levitated," and that's all I heard. And I was like, ah, "This is Runyon Canyon. You know, this is what you, you, yeah." One of the first times I ever went to Runyon, this has yet to be duplicated there was a there was a girl who was wearing uh just underwear like the smallest of underwear sure. it was a hot summer day and she just had saran wrap around her boobs like that was her top <laughs> sure. and i was just you. like fuck yes Ru- like that's, <laughs> that's what, what i come <laughs> here to see i come here to burn calories and just see this weird shit but that's what's weird about it because if you go to that like hollywood boulevard you'll see a lot of weird stuff but it's the combination of the the it's like outdoorsy weirdness like it's a different type of i don't quite know how to describe it they're not shut-ins because they are out at runyon canyon but they're it does attract an interesting element they gotta instagram that shitty skyline at the top you know what i mean in their saran wrap (laughs) in their saran wrap bra of course of course well i remember like after your mma fight I wanted to text you and say, like, hey, man, good job for getting in there. But I was like, oh, I don't know if he wants to hear from any. Like, I don't. Are you the type of person that after a, a fight or something that you want people t- like crowding you and being like, hey, good job? Or do you just like to be alone and kind well, of just I, process? No, I mean, I'm surrounded and insulated by great people that yeah. were, you know, they, they all said all the right stuff after I lost both times. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it's just like. Like I said before, like the morning after my fight, like I woke up in my own bed because it was in Chicago and like Ape's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, let's fucking go get breakfast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, <laughs> I'm going to sit here and think about it. Like I got to eat. You got to eat. Yeah. Like I'll go walk Larry and then, you know, we'll go grab some grits somewhere. I don't know. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much the guy. Like, I mean, I got all kinds of messages. You know what I mean? Um, and they're all they're all positive, you know, yeah. because, again, the people who want to send you negative shit like they're they're certainly not going to text me right they're you know so it's just why would i bother listening to it anyway and also it's not like i would imagine the people who send you negative shit are not like other mma fighters you know what i mean like other dudes who are in it who understand what the process is yeah generally aren't people giving you shit who have nothing to do with the situation it's like well you didn't get in a fucking ring and get punched in the head what the right. fuck right. What? what are you talking and about I, I look at it like this you know like my my lowest moment i'll say losing is 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 my lowest moment not that i was ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater or anything but I, from an outside perspective like you know losing that sucks you never want to lose yeah. nobody goes in there and be like well I'm, I'm i'm gonna lose today yeah so losing sucks but like just learning from that loss is like so great because it made me realize it's like, okay, I get shit to work on. Right. You know, I, I remember losing when I was playing little league and being like, well, that sucks. And like, you know, coaches be like, well, you got stuff to work on. So it's just like, you just go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Know? And I wonder if it's better, especially for people listening who are whatever, if they're going through anything, it, instead of thinking of things as binaries and winning and losing, if you think of everything as a transaction, yeah, you know what? The, the cost of of the process of you getting into the peak physical condition and learning all these things and going through this journey and growing in all these amazing ways, the cost was 
You lost one fight. But look at all this other stuff you gained. It was just part of the transaction. So what, you know, when you sort of look at it as a spreadsheet and what you learned and how you grew, like that to me is... It's a total microcosm of life. Yes. You know, because nothing ever goes perfect. Right. Nobody ever goes into the cage feeling, oh man, I feel great. You interview a fighter, they're going to tell you that. But the truth is... They hurt themselves, you know, sparring week three, you know, and they got three, four more weeks of camp left. So it's just like learning how to adapt and work around those things. Um, the the three weeks leading up to my second fight, the worst three weeks of my life. You know what I mean? But it's just like because of the anticipation or the, the anxiety or stress. No, or? this is this is like a weird thing. Is like I never talked about it because I feel like they're all excuses. Mm-hmm. So. Why make why why talk about it? I think a lot of fighters uh, sometimes do it. Like right after they lost, they're just like, you know, uh, my car broke down the one day, and then like my baby's mama got mad at me week four, and then I, you know, I I broke my foot, and it's just like there's always reasons. But like I looked at it like I had I I had the disastrous training camp. It was awful. Mm And then I was uh, I was literally on trial in Chicago because I had the defamation lawsuit funded by. World Wrestling Entertainment, the fight week. Oh wow! I couldn't cut weight properly. I couldn't water load. I couldn't do like all the shit. So you just weren't fo- you weren't able to focus the way you needed. I wasn't to. able to do anything. I mean, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd do sprints and I would like eat half an avocado and I would go to court and I couldn't I couldn't water load to cut weight properly because I had to sit in court for like eight hours a day, you know. And then I would leave and then I would train and I would. Just try to do what I could like on the, the back end of the, the, the day, uh, I got two really bad eye infections, like two weeks out. Oh like I couldn't, I couldn't train well, I with I guys. Think it's excuses. Like, I just think they're data points. You no, know but what I mean, yeah, I mean just data points. I think I'm, I'm far enough removed from it where I can talk about it. I'm yeah. obviously I'm talking about sure, it with sure, you sure. now. And like none of it is, none of it is an excuse. I, I got the shit beat out of me. I lost, I lost a decision in Chicago, but to me, that's better than pulling out of a fight. That's the thing is in Chicago because a, I knew I have a, I, I had a very short window yeah. in MMA. I had a very short window in MMA, and I I looked at it like you know I remember talking to my coaches and they're just like, look, we still believe in you. You're a tough son of a bitch. You can do this, but you know, I if <laughs> you know if you were making a, a, you know if you had a long career at this, we'd tell you not to right. not to fight. Right, and I was just like, "When am I going to get the chance to fight in Chicago ever again?" It's not going to happen. No, but it but it is embracing the fact that it was not a perfect three weeks, mm-hmm. and you still went in there anyway. Like, and you and no one was making you. I'm sure you. It would have been very easy. I mean, I don't know how easy it would have been legally. If I, if I woke up. up tomorrow and I and I pulled out of that fight, I would still be kicking myself. Of course still, you would. I'd still be. thinking Of course about you would. It. But of I don't wake. I don't wake up and think about losing every day. I, no. I would wake up and think about, oh shit, I didn't do it. Yeah, because you you overcame all this personal stuff and still showed up anyway. I mean, it's the yeah, I won the trial. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I was literally like, yes, and I was like, oh shit, I gotta fight in like two days. Like, I gotta get to the arena. Yeah, I gotta do it again. Like, I literally went from verdict being read to getting in a car to going to Wrigley Field to sing the seventh inning stretch. Like, and I just look like shit, and I'm just like, yeah, go yeah. Cubs, you know? Like, it's but what a wild, what a wild time. What I, a, to what me, a great story. To me, it sounds like. Nothing but success, personal success, because, again, you're doing it for yourself. And look what you look what you went through 
to to do it, you know? Like it my my trainer always says like no matter how you feel, and this is much smaller of a scale, but no matter how you feel on days where you go to the gym, all you got to do is show up. If yes. you just show up. No, that's not a smaller scale, though. You know what I mean? Like, to me, everything's, like I said, you're competing with yourself. Yeah. So don't say it's a smaller scale. It's yeah. it's it's what you're doing. It's, yeah. It's the, it's the challenge you have for that Showing day. up when you know it's going to suck anyway. Yes. And just saying, like, I'm just going to do it, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And if I have to, if I have to force myself to look for the good in this, then that's what I'm going to do to get through it. I had some of my best professional wrestling matches when I was just like 102 degree fever. You know what I mean? And there's, there's obviously something to be said that the wrestling business will make you go out there and perform. If you don't work, you don't get paid. Sure. Uh, You know, but there were for sure moments where, I mean, you know, look, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, he very famously has the flu game. Mm-hmm. He had the flu. He had a ridiculous fever, and he went out and he had the best game of his career. <laughs> what do you think that is? Uh, I think that's uh, there's a lot of preparation in that. I think that is you uh, practicing and then playing like you practice. So if you practice half-ass, but it's just reps, it's just Michael Jordan being who he was and maybe having to dig a little bit deeper, being like, I'm sick, but my team needs me. Let's go do Focusing this. Focusing extra because he felt like he was... Yeah, yeah. And, and and pushing through and, and mental mental toughness. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I do think it is good to, if you can just get yourself to show up to things you don't want to do and allowing whatever happened to happen. And some of those workouts where... I, I, you know, and I say to him when I come in, he goes, how are you feeling? And I go, I don't want to be here right now, but I, but I made my legs walk yes. into the gym and now I'm yours and just tell, you know, tell me, I'll just listen to whatever you say. And I do, I do whatever he tells me. I let it go. And that's the easiest way to do some it. Some of those days are like the best. And he goes, so you came in here and he goes, it was all between your ears because your body has done all the work. So your neck down, you were ready to be here, even though your brain didn't feel like it. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, you're right. If I hadn't shown up today, I wouldn't have had this experience. And I would have just enabled that mythology that like, oh, this is dumb and I suck and I don't want to fucking do this, you know. And so it's like what what bank account do you want to put deposits into, you know, the growth one or the one where you're just stagnant and hate yourself. Yeah, and I'll (laughs) sit in bed all day. Like even now, like days I don't train or do something, I go crazy. And that that's when you get still awake at four AM, Phil. Like <laughs> I didn't do anything today, and now I, you know now I can't properly go to bed on time, and now everything's going to be screwed up. So you need and the like, structure. I don't even know if it's structure. I just need I just need an outlet. I sure. need to do something. Whether yeah. and, but I do but I do obsess. You know, like um, the last couple days in Chicago where I was like, oh crap, it's nice out. I gotta I gotta go bike because I'm not gonna be able to bike. You know what I mean? You so gotta grab I, those days. Then I'm doing like forty fifty mile bike rides. You know what I mean? I'm just like, and then I'm paying for it. But it's just. That's just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you know that, you know, and as it, long- it, ma- it makes me successful in everything I've ever done. It's made me rewrite comic books and, and chapters of things I've written. And it's made me go back to the drawing board so many times and make sure that whatever the finished product is, is worthy and a hundred percent. Yeah. And it also helps to have a really amazing partner too, because I know that if I'm stressing about something or caught up in something, Lydia goes, Hey, this is probably happening because X, Y, or Z. And I know that normally A, B, or C. And so if you just do this or, you know, like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. you're right. It's, it is. And I imagine April is probably the same for you. It's a, it's like a, 
it's a real life Snickers commercial, you know? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, why are you snapping at me? Did you eat yet? You're hungry. Go eat. Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. You're not drinking enough water. You need to hydrate. Thank you, dear. Yeah. Le- legit, the water thing. You're dehydrated. Go drink water. All right, sorry. It's crazy. Like yeah. yesterday, I, you know, for whatever reason, I just felt really sad and depressed for a couple hours. Happens. And then Lydia was like, drink some water. And I drank... <laughs> Like two, because she gets boxed water. So I drank two little, two boxes of water. And almost instantly I was like, oh, I think I feel better. How many things did I think were emotional in origin that were just physiological in origin? And I I wouldn't have realized that if this amazing person in my life didn't go, just fucking drink water. Yeah. Or like when I'm super crappy, like whatever, and April does that. She's like, you you need to eat. Like, let's let's get some food in you. (laughs) Shut up. You don't know. Okay, okay. I eat and I feel like uh, like a blossoming flower all of a sudden. Like I eat and I'm just like, oh, like all of a sudden my body comes back to life. And I'm like, oh. But cool. that, that is really trying to understand the mind-body connection and not ever putting too many eggs in either basket. That it is trying to figure out that balance between, you know, what things are actually really happening in life, what things you're creating, and what things you're what negative things you're creating because you haven't exercised in a few days, or you're starting to get sick, or you didn't sleep, or you didn't eat, or you didn't drink, and just you know, it's obviously not everything is going to fall into that camp, but. In as much as you can trim as much of that stuff back as you can, why wouldn't you if you could? Mm -hmm. Um, What is your – like do you have a I need to drink X – like this amount of water per day? Are you that regimented or are you just kind of – No, I I think the only regimented thing I do is I'm the one who predominantly walks Larry. Mm -hmm. So I'll wake up first um, and I drink – two giant glasses of water with like a little bit of lemon juice in it, mm-hmm. get a black cup of coffee and me and Larry go out and we do that. And then like, that's the start of my day. And that's really about the only uniform thing. Obviously when I'm traveling, it's completely different. Uh, but we brought Larry with us, so he's out here. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty uniform. And then I try to train first thing. So sometimes it's empty stomach. Uh, sometimes it's oatmeal and fruit and then, I'm off to the races. How do you train with an empty stomach? Because th- those are the times when I've I, I have to eat. If I don't eat at least an hour and a half before, and it, maybe a handful of almonds at the workout. I, I, don't I mean, good. I'm not I'm not doing much. You know, like I got a gym in my basement in Chicago. So if I'm training on an empty stomach, I'm just doing some light cardio. Gotcha. I'm not just to move. Yeah, just to just to kind of start the day that way, and then you know, I'll train again later. That's good. Yeah. As long as you can check the box in your head. Yes. You know, not every day. It's like you don't necessarily, you're not going to remember every workout that you ever had, but the sum total of showing up all those times. Days where I'm super busy. Yeah. That's the key is like, that's how I start my day. So even if I do 20, 30 minutes on a bike or I'm just moving around shadow boxing and just keeping it light to start the day. And then I know eh, maybe I'll be able to fudge some stuff around later in the day and, and get into a gym or go on a bike ride or do whatever. But if I can get the one out of the way mentally, then I won't be 4 a.m. awake, Phil, being like, <laughs> oh, you know, playing playing Friday the 13th on the Xbox till like 8 in the morning, just being like, Bleh. is that what you're playing right now? It's about all I play. It's like it. Yeah. The whole reason I have an Xbox, April bought me the Xbox because of the Friday the 13th game. And have you, I haven't played it yet. Oh. Do you play? Do you play terrible. as Jason? You can be Jason or counselor. So you, the lobby is somebody's Jason, and I think there's seven, 
six or seven people that are counselors. So if you're a counselor, you gotta you either like all in try to kill Jason or you can escape. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if you're Jason, you just killing fools. Now, do you in the game? Do you stop for a lovemaking break where he jams a spike through both of you, or is no, that not okay? No. All right. Well, that would have been more accurate to the film series. The the the, the developers have like completely abandoned the game because there's a lawsuit about who owns the rights to oh, no. Jason. I, I, I don't know what it is. So they can't make any new content. So when I say they abandon the game, they're just like, mm, whatever. So there's like crazy, like glitches in the game that people exploit. And they like, they hide on the roof. Like the counselors will hide on the roof and Jason can't <laughs> get them. And it's just like, it's just the wild, wild west. But I still, it's just the content is the reason I play the game. Just, do you, is it, do you, do you network with other people or do you just, do you play alone? Uh, no, I, it, it's more of a, got a group of people who play, who I play with. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, I mean, and that's, that's the fun of it. You know, you can get in the car and you try to run it, run each other over. And there's, oh. there's. There's all, I'm probably I'm probably a bastard when I play, but you know. I always say, when in doubt, when something with something that you enjoy, like if it's if it didn't turn out the way you wanted, or if something happens with it, like you're saying the glitches, there's usually there's usually a legal reason. There's usually a business affairs situation going on behind it. Because I saw um, uh, I saw these uh, Freddy Krueger Nike. SB low tops mm-hmm. online. I and then I was like, oh, I want to get a pair of these. These are red, and they're like eighteen thousand dollars. So I didn't buy them, but I read the story about them. That in two thousand seven, Nike was going to release this horror line of shoes, but I guess it was just inspired by. So they made these Freddy Krueger inspired by shoes, but they weren't official licensed gear. And I guess who's the studio? Maybe New Line. Someone. Was like, oh, we own the, we have trademarked Freddie's sweater pattern, so you can't have that on a shoe. And so they recalled all these shoes, but like one vendor in Mexico had already started selling them, and but the rest were had been ordered to be destroyed. And the people who destroyed the shoes apparently just like pocketed a handful. So there's only a handful of these amazing Freddy Krueger SB Nikes in the world, and they're like. $18,000. $18,000. And again, it's a legal, you know, it was like a legal thing, you know. There's we nothing, can't have nice things. There's nothing worse than lawyers. <laughs> there's nothing worse than Well, they do their jobs, you know. That's yeah. what they're supposed to do, but you know, it's it 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 can be uh it can it can be a little dicey. Yeah. And it only takes I always say a handful of assholes ruin everything for everyone in the yes. world. Yes. A handful. This is why we have locks on our doors. This is why we have two-factor authentication. This is like just because a handful of assholes will walk into your place and take your shit. A handful of assholes, and and that's how lawyers sort of build their business. That's why contracts are a hundred pages long because yep. you're just looking at a diary of a handful of assholes for every situation. Yep. Who have fucked something up for someone? <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Are you collecting anything now? I know you. Last time I was at your place, you had a flux capacitor. Yeah, has 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 that expanded in any way? Um, I'm I'm still kind of I'm just behind on everything. You know, I I still get Funkos. They I I realize they they just have like every license in the world now. They just come out. I mean, there's Scarface Funkos, Godfather Funkos. So when I realize they've come out with a bunch of something that has subject matter that I enjoy, I'll buy them. Um, but you're going to get a very special Chris Hardwick 
bloody Funko before you leave do today. Do you have a Funko? I do. You have your own Funko? I have two. And uh and I'm very excited about it. Wow. It was it was a it was a career like ah, yeah, it's cool, right? It, it, I yeah. mean, you know, it's it's funny that uh, so my my wife has one, mm-hmm. I have one, my dog doesn't have one, but <laughs> he's named after the Wolfman. There is a Wolfman Funko, so we have the three of us. Oh, sitting. that's great! Yeah, that's I know. adorable. I love it so much. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get it and sign it to fill my number one fans. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Now you have to. Now you have to. Now I have to do that obnoxiously. Uh, but collecting stuff, you know, I I don't know. I got a couple of – I got a bunch of cool busts, but I, I'm never – there's nothing that I have like a, a super hot fever about, I think, anymore. I, st- I read comic books. I read it for the, the content and the subject matter. I'm not obsessed with trying to go back and get like Amazing Fantasy number 15 or anything right. like that. Um, you know, I'm I'm just interested in – the stuff that I like, and if I see something I like, I'll, I'll buy it. I, I if I if I went crazy like you, oof, man. Well, I just you I, just got a ton of cool shit. I have man. a ton I, of shit that you know someday I will have to deal with and figure out what to do with. But for now, we're just like furnishing. It's like Guillermo places. del Toro. He yeah. has an entire house. He bought a whole other house for all his shit because his wife was eventually like, "You got it." And that's where I consider my. That's one of the many ways that I consider myself so lucky because. My wife collects just as much of that stuff as I do. So she collects. So when people come in and they see like the horror stuff that's in our house, I go, your wife let you keep this in here? I go, this is hers. This isn't mine. You know, like we, I collect mainly the Disney stuff and the comedy props and she collects the horror stuff. So Mm. the gremlins are hers. (laughs) You know, the howling, the Reagan doll from Exorcist. Like that's all hers. So awesome. You know, so it is. You guys got a lot of cool shit. We have a lot of fun, weird stuff. But I, I do feel bad for, you know, that there are some people who have to like, you know, shamefully hide their stuff from their family. Because the family's like, please, no more. You can't. We have to live, you know. But w- when you are a collector, it, it is just a part of you just like having there's a it board, there's a line though he's a collector and then the thin line in the hoarder. next the hoarder yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well hoarding is like we went to universal we went to halloween horror nights and brought home every napkin every ticket stub yeah. every that you know cuz there's just too many things and then ultimately you know you 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 do end up it does feel like a weird twilight zone episode where your pile of shit falls on and kills you. And it's like, he was consumed by his own. I think everybody can go home and just throw out a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They, they can sort of uh, Marie Kondo their, their lives. And, you know, and I feel like most things, I I don't even think that most things bring you joy. I think the acquisition of things brings you joy. The hunting and the gathering and the, Oh, I tracked down this very, weird rare thing and now i have it but on a day-to-day basis i feel like not that many things go oh my god i'm so joyful that i have this it was like oh, that was really fun to get at an auction or really fun to find yeah. in a store oh yeah, my god the, pro- you have the process the process yeah. you know it really does i think that's the sort of you know the the evolution of maturity is becoming process oriented as opposed to you know result and goal oriented because mm-hmm. you you know like goals are achieved in a second and now i have this thing right I mean, now what happens internet right click a button and you're like oh i own this now but yeah i would much rather like i love going to auctions and antiquing with with april you know just walking around and just finding 
a gem. Oh, that, I bet Chicago has some great antique stuff. They too. do. They really do. Uh, they got they got a lot of great places. Um, I bought a love tester machine. Oh wow! For for April for one of our anniversaries. Um, yeah, and it was just it was like one of those things. It was like they were they were giving it away pretty cheap. I thought, and I was just like, well, I got to buy that. But I, I again, I got to rewire it. It's 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 old. It still works, but like the wiring's all shot. I gotta I gotta fix that up. Maybe maybe. Maybe the next project in your life is uh, an antiquing show. <laughs> I don't know, man. CM Punk's Antique Roadshow. Someone brings you something, you're like, this isn't worth anything, and then you just smash it and then hand it back to them. It's like Grammar Slam. They're breaking <laughs> Grammar shit over Slam. people's heads. I remember Grammar Slam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That was so much fun. There's a rumor I might be doing some... Uh, I don't know, maybe Sunday or Monday, just for like to to promote the movie. Some grammar slams, maybe. You know, obviously it'll probably it'll probably be out before this podcast. So that is spectacular. Yeah, it could be. I'm hoping it will be. I mean, I I, I do think that the appreciation of grammar and the enforcement of grammar uh, through slamming <laughs> is a good is a good way to go because it we are just a, a an autocorrect society now. And I actually have an app um, installed on my computer called Grammarly. And Grammarly actually, much like Spellcheck, will... Just fixes everything fi- for will, you. Will offer suggestions to your grammar and say, you know... But we obviously, we speak very colloquially. Yeah. And English is such a sloppy colloquial language that... A lot that, that half the time I'm like, no, I really did mean to say that because that just sounds more conversational. But in general, Grammarly is really great, and it does. And you can, if you write a whole document, there's an app where you can drag the document in, and it will give you like a score of like, you know, here's everything, and these articles, and you don't need a comma here, and put a comma here, and that's not where you. You should don't got to do anything yourself anymore. No, you really don't. You okay. really don't. You know what? Because we don't. Because we don't really have to carry information around anymore or do much for ourselves it's left a lot more room for things like anxiety and depression yeah yeah to fill the <laughs> void with void because your your brain needs to engage in something so it just when it's not consuming resources for to live in the world it just like turns inward and then just starts consuming you for protein <laughs> so you know maybe maybe there is a thing to like Turning off spell check, turning off autocorrect, turning off everything to force yourself to have to. Well, you know what sucks is being the grammar slam guy. Like anytime I make a mistake, oh and yeah, spell something wrong, yeah, like I, and I get so mad. Well, if you make uh, a your your mistake, then yeah. people like. But you yeah. know the good the good thing about it is like yeah that I fucked that up. Yeah, you know what I own it. It's not the end of the world. It happens sometimes. <laughs> it is definitely definitely not the end of the world. But it, uh, but it's important that, you know, I think you being able to embrace antiquing and grammar and stuff like that is just good for your soul. Yeah. Uh, maybe someday you'll open an antique store. No. Maybe that's your thing. No. No. No, that won't happen. Okay. <laughs> I think about it sometimes. Really? I mean, you could do it. I mean, but you got a lot of cool, expensive shit. Yeah, but I go. But one of the things I do when I travel and when I, when I go to other cities is I find like. Uh, Local donuts, local pizza, mm. maybe a local burger, just like some local food, and then the antique scene to see what's there. And I see, you know, like I see someone just kind of sitting behind an antique roll-top desk with their laptop open, and this is all their antique stuff. And I sort of feel like, you know, maybe they'll sell it, maybe they won't. They're just happy to be there, and I, I, I understand it. 
I go, I could see that someday. You know, much in the same way that Lydia someday is like, oh, let's just move out to a ranch and have goats. I understand that, that too. Sounds, or it's just that like, sounds magical. You just – just just strip all the other garbage away and simplify and then just go, you know, just live in your own little bubble. Yeah, your own your own goat community. I mean, do you think that do you think you'll do that someday? I don't know. Uh I I love my house in Chicago, uh but it, we very much have the conversation that it isn't our house. You know, I bought it. Oh, and right. moved her into it. Yeah. So there is the there is the talk every once and again where she's just like, this place is a death trap. You know, you can't have you can't have kids in this house. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and I go, well, when OK, whenever you're are you tell me when you're ready to have kids and I, I'll I'll buy whatever house you want. You know, like, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Um, so there, there's you know, there's talk of looking for a place out here. Mm hmm. You know, if one of she's she's got so many irons and different fires right now that if if something hits, there's a chance she might have to be in a writer's room every day. Right. You know, so it's just like get a place here. We got a place in Chicago. I have my place in Milwaukee for training. Um, but, you know, that's not a summer home. It's just like, oh, you bought a place somewhere colder than Chicago. Oh, my Chicago. God. I'd love it if you moved out here. It'd be yeah. so fun. So, you know, we look, and that's, she's obsessed with like realtor.com, constantly yep. sending me. I probably can pull my phone out right now, and she has probably sent me 10 listings of places out here. Uh, I think interest rates are dropping. You know, I I, I just auditioned for uh, something that might require me to be out here a lot more frequently. So it's, you know. How's how's acting been? I mean, it's, it's weird, you know. I guess I shouldn't say how's acting been because wrestling is basically an acting exercise. Yeah, like it is they, a, it's theater. You said it, it, you said theater. it earlier. Theater is a good way to put it. Uh, people it's get, scripted. People, it's improvisational. People get mad when I call it fake. Like, and I and I, and I tell them to just grow, grow the fuck up. Well, it's like, like it's, it's, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, but the, but for people who do that, that's like you know going to see a Broadway play and going, oh, "This is fake. This wasn't real." Like, get yeah, I know, but that's you go to see that knowing Here's the art. My behind argument it. with people who say that as a defense, um, like like I I don't think you should be defending pro wrestling. Like that's not your hill to die on. <laughs> saying that you know, it's not fake, like that, don't say the f word. Like I think you should just let that. Roll off your back, like right. who? Who cares? If you enjoy it, great. I'm not saying it with a negative connotation. I'm just being honest. Like yeah. I, that's it's coming from authority. I lived, sure. I lived it. You know it. I was there. Yeah, just, you can say that. Yeah. Does it beat you up? Yes. Um, but you know who's winning and who's losing. You know. Uh, but you know when Al Pacino, when Scarface came out, and Al Pacino had to, you know go do a podcast yeah <laughs> he didn't show up as tony montana right and he wasn't like you know talking in his his amazing cuban accent right uh he was al pacino and they talked about the movie he did you know he wasn't trying to you know um he wasn't trying to be scarface and he wasn't trying to push the narrative that like no this is who he is yeah in pro wrestling that's what they do yeah that's what we used to do be like, no, I'm this, you know, like I, I hate America, you know, like whatever the fuck it is. Like, so when the cameras are off, the, they still very much tried to push that. So, uh, it's fucking strange. Yeah. Right. It's fucking yeah. weird. Well, because I guess it, maybe some of it also has to do with, I do think there's a difference between television and film, mm -hmm. you know, and theater. It's it, like television 
people, I think, form more intimate bonds with television because it comes into that. Well, now, you know, people watch movies at home. But I mean, traditionally, well, television. The, the actors will play characters for an extended period yeah, of time. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. It's instead serialized. Of, instead of just like one movie or, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Right. Right. But eventually, he, you know, he's, he's dead now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh fuck! What you know? He's gonna move on to do do other stuff. Um, you know. So yeah, I mean, I, I get that you're in you're in the person's house every week. I mean, I was on the road. I signed in 2005, and I left what 2013. That's a long time. Yeah, you that's know, a, like, that's a, that's a good long run. Susan Lucci esque. You know, just playing the same character. <laughs> People have often said you're the Susan Lucci of pro wrestling. Yeah, you know, I didn't win no fucking awards either. You know, <laughs> let's go. Always a bridesmaid. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, just being, being comfortable, um, I think acting is a lot easier in the sense that I could do it multiple takes on something, Mm -hmm. you know, live TV is a different, different animal, Yeah, you know? So I, I was comfortable cause I, cause I mean, let's be honest, like last summer I shot two movies, you know, one, I have a smaller part in the Saska twins, Mm -hmm. uh, Cronenberg remake of rabid, which is fucking bonkers that's incredible everybody needs to go see that too because yes it is a remake but it's you know it's it's a remake in the same way that cronenberg's the fly was a remake right it's a remake in the same way that carpenter's the thing was a remake Mm -hmm. yeah there was a movie called the thing before but it's just completely different remade in their image and it's a fucking amazing it's an amazing movie that i feel fortunate to have been a part of yeah right so it's just like to me my job is to show up, and the role I had, I, I, I took very seriously, but I also looked at it like, all right, I'm not Lawrence Olivier here. I don't have to carry anything, so I'm going to go give them what I think. You know, I'll talk to them, what do you want from me, and then I'll go give them something, and then you get to look at them and go, huh? <laughs> is, that, is this, huh? this kind of what you wanted? You know, and then they have the knobs, and they can turn it, you know, volume up, down, contrast, whatever, say, no, do this differently, say it this yeah. way, or it was great, just do it again, you know, do it again a couple times. Um, with Girl on the Third Floor, I was the lead, so there was a little bit of, what the fuck are they thinking? You know, um, I don't have any movie experience where I'm the lead, so what the hell are they thinking? But I, and this is this is a cool thing, uh, when you talk, you asked me what's the definition definition of success, and I said the goalposts are always moving. This is a definition of success. Hey, why did you guys offer me this? You know, we're like we're <laughs> we're like four weeks into you know shooting, and we're just like you know now you know everybody, and you know they've seen you walk around the set in your underwear, and you're like, hey, why why me? And they're like, oh, Bobcat Goldthwait recommended you. Oh, that's great. So it's just like. That's success. Yeah. You know, uh, he directed me in a couple episodes of Marin, and they were looking for... I love Bobcat. A Chicago... It's, it's it, Girl in the Third Floor is very... It's very Chicago without being, like, over the top, mm-hmm. like Ferris Bueller. Here's all the famous Chicago paintings. Here's all the famous Chicago landmarks. Right. You know, uh, but it is a Chicago movie, um, f- simply for the fact that it's it's filmed in a suburb of Chicago, I'm in it. I'm a Chicago guy, and Steve Albini, very Chicago guy, does the the score. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that's how it it came to be, and I was just like, oh wow, I gotta I gotta send him some chocolate or some flowers or something because is 
I, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I owe him, you know? I mean, I wonder – this is probably a stupid question, but when you're training for MMA, you have – there's like – you know what you're supposed to do to prepare. It's very regimented, but the thing that's hard for me to wrap my head around with acting is like, how do you know <laughs> – I mean, I guess you learn your lines, but it feels a little more – amorphous in that way where you're like I think I'm prepared I yeah. don't know you know I guess they'll tell me when Very I get much there so. and the first I want to say two weeks of shooting it was me and a dog I did not have anybody to play with <laughs> and when I and I'm the lead so when I tell you 85% of this movie is my fucking face <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean, if you if you don't like Phil Brooks, I you know this is a bad way to pitch to go see this movie. But don't don't go see this movie because it's the way it's shot. It's you know it's me doing home improvement stuff. So I'm drilling and sawing. Yeah, you're rehabbing a house, walling, and a lot of it. You know, there'll be a shot from inside the wall of just like my face. You know, like tinkering and it's it's it was wild. So like I would I would do a shot with this dog. You know, and they'd be like, cut. And I would look at Travis and I'd be like, eh? <laughs> you know? And he'd be like, great, we're moving on. And I was like, I'd be like, really? Wow, this acting thing's really easy, you know? <laughs> and then there's obviously, there were some, some pretty challenging things, you know, that, uh, you know, the night before I'm like reading the sides and I'm like, kind of panicking about like, can I do this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to replicate genuine emotion, you know, to, to, to laugh, I think it's pretty easy to cry, to show fear and terror, like shit, can I do this? Mm -hmm. You know? And like, and if I can't, how do you learn how to do that? You know? Um, but I, I think some of the night shoots when we were out there for like, you know, 12, 14 hours, I think that that kind of helped break me yeah, down, yeah, break yeah, me yeah, down yeah. to be like, just yeah, don't drink water. I'm miserable and I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can I can drum up some tears really easy right now. <laughs> just think of those times outside the MMA training gym in your car. That, yeah. Where your spirit yeah. was shredded. Yeah. And uh, draw, draw from that. Yeah. So what first of all, you look great. And you seem great and you seem happy. And I'm so – that makes me very happy. Good. And uh, But what else are you joyful about? Like what are you, what are you excited about right now? Uh, I'm excited about the movie obviously. Um, I'm excited that my wife's killing it, doing so many crazy, amazing things. Uh, she's – her writing partner, she's kidnapped my friend Amy Garcia. They're best friends now. Uh, and they look eerily alike. <laughs> kind of creeps me out. Um, what else am I excited about? Um, I'm excited about October, you know, because I, I, October to me is, you know, this movie is, it's got a big premiere here at Beyond Fest. It's got a big premiere uh, at a, a Brooklyn film festival. Uh, and they're doing a big film debut or film fest, Chicago Film Festival is in October. Um, so my October is like jam packed of me. You know, smiling and being like, "Here's my movie, guys. I hope you like it." <laughs> uh, but I'm genuinely very excited about it because I I back this movie 100. percent It's not like I just signed up to do this movie. I I fell in love with the process of doing it, and I was surrounded by tremendously talented people who, on a small budget, I think made uh, a beautiful film that is all, equally scary, but also will make you think. Uh, October is oof. 
El Camino. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Super, I think that's the 11th, maybe? It is the 11th. Yeah. I'm stoked for that. I know you've already seen Joker. I'm stoked for that. Yep. I'm stoked for hockey. October's all about hockey. Halloween. Halloween. Is my favorite holiday. So, Do you get trick-or-treaters? No. 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 Busy street. Oh, um, yeah. So, no, no trick-or-treaters. It's, uh, my house is also strange that you wouldn't know it is there. You wouldn't know to knock on the door and think somebody was going to answer. Right, right, right. Um, what else am I excited about? You put me on the spot. Yeah, come on. There's, Let's throw some excitement. It's all it's all October right now. I just I just love October so much. Just, I do. We do too. Fall Fall's my favorite. Changing leaves. Uh, the weather. Just super stoked about it. Selfishly, my birthday is at the end of October, so you know that'll be cool. I'm sure. Um, but no, it's just to me, it's just about celebrating life nice it's corny as it sounds you know what i mean like what what's your favorite holiday my favorite holiday is the one where strangers give you fucking candy (laughs) well that's it because it it, you know at the end of the day those moments of joy kind of you know pushing everything else aside and what are you left with like that's i think that's what life is in instead of chasing all the external stuff it's like and that's all fine. It's fun. It's fun to do fun things and it's fun to acquire fun things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, who are you? Are you happy with yourself? Do you like yourself? Are you comfortable with you? You know, like, can you be alone and with people? Do you enjoy your immediate circle? Like, I think that's where all the success stuff um, is. I mean, my, my immediate circle is great. You know, and I, I have, I don't know, maybe three group texts, you know, like thread or whatever, yeah. whatever you call them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's four of us in one, four of us in another, and then, like, my family one. And my family one's huge because it's, like, mom, and then there's three sisters, and then the brother-in-law, and, like, two brother-in-law. It's just, it's it's big and it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, um, you know, my, my buddy Ace is in the process of getting his dream job, uh, and he just ended um, a, a rotten relationship, and he's already progressed and moved on into a new one. And like I said, his dream job, so he's moving, and I'm stoked for him uh, the most. My buddy Cliff, who's had uh, a rough go of it a couple of years, dude had dude was working at Amazon and was killing himself working in Amazon, has now moved to Vegas and has a tremendous opportunity um, doing something he enjoys. You know, so I'm I'm happy when my friends and my family are happy, you know, and right now everybody's killing it. Knock on wood. I'm not the guy that like looks for the storm clouds. Um, I'm I'm just extremely grateful for the great times. That's good. And then sort of pushing through adversity. What advice do you have for people? You know, because you've been through stuff. You know, you said your friends have been through stuff and things do ultimately normalize and turn and get through it so what is your sort of for anyone who's trying to push through something and feels like oh they're in a they're in an infinite pit that's never gonna you know subside so i I think social media sucks um but one of the fun things about instagram is there's so many of those positive pages that will give you like all these crazy positive quotes yeah and like you can laugh it off and be like it's corny and it is i love it my my life sends it to me all the time but like how great Right? Yeah. Like, how great is it? Because you can either read the comments and, you know, you could believe that you're this piece of shit that some fucking dork kid in England, think, you know what I mean, like, thinks you are. <laughs> or you could just read these positive things and, like, 
realize that like, yeah, that shit's true. Uh, positive thinking PMA, I, I, I think visualizing and just being positive about shit and putting stuff into the universe. And I think it comes back to you. Um, it's a Winston Churchill quote. It's been one of my favorites. And it's, if you're, if you're going through hell, keep going. That's the best. Cause eventually you're going to be on the other side of it. You could be halfway done. You know, the, the tank you're driving through hell could be 78% of the way there and it sucks. Yeah. But if you go, Oh, I'm going to turn back. It's a longer road to hoe to get back than if you would have just kept going. The sunshine's like right around the corner. Uh, Phil, I love you. I appreciate you. I am so glad that you came here. And I'm so happy for your movie. And, of course, as a horror fan, I'm very excited to see it. It is. uh, Can I plug it? Plug the shit out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I always feel so corny. You're not. That. No, this is you know this is this is part of the drill though. Yes. When if you're gonna do movies, I know you got it. You have to be okay with saying, "Hey, I did a movie." I know. Hey, everybody, put me in your movie. Uh, <laughs> and it's out everywhere, video on demand on the 25th of October. Girl on the third floor. Girl on the third floor. Um, if you know anything, if you know who uh, Travis Stevens is, like if you have you seen Udarowski's Dune? Uh, oh no, I know we never saw it actually. <sighs> So the whole animus of me starting to do this is like I've been offered movie roles, and I know we got to wrap. No, it's always fine. You're fine. I've been I've been offered. Hey, we want you to. Yeah, okay, great. Oh, we're still waiting on money. Yeah, okay, great. You know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know. So this one came along, and I almost treated it the same way, where I was just like, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then when I realized it's like it was MPI, Dark Sky, like these real companies i was like wait mpi like dark shadows mpi you know like okay wait so who wrote and directed it travis stevens oh let me plug that in the the google travis stevens first thing that comes up is uterowski's dune i it's an amazing documentary about the making of the movie right dune, no i know, you know what it is i just I don't yeah know. we haven't seen it and and literally based on that i was just like oh so this guy's this guy's legit. He yeah. knows what he's doing. And then, oh, by the way, Steve Albini's doing the soundtrack. What? You know, you're just like, huh? Okay. And then, like, it just, it just all made sense. Like, I, so I was almost in before I even read a script. And then I read the script, and I was just like, man, this is great. Like, it's, it's got a, it's got a message. It's weird and it's fucked up, and there's some really strong female characters in it. And like, I, in a way, got to. Uh, role reverse and sort of be a final girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, it's really hard to explain. You got to go see it. It's everywhere. October twenty fifth, video on demand. It will be in select theaters right now. Um, L A, Chicago, New York. Great. I know El Paso uh, Alamo Draft House is just started selling tickets. So obviously, the, as demand picks up in the coming weeks, it'll be in other theaters and stuff like that. And you can of course hit up your local theater and be like, we want to see girl on the third floor. And you know, they'll, they'll be forced by violence to put the movie. on. I think, a, I think a theater would be like, someone wants to come to our theater, but whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. People don't go to movie theaters that often anymore <laughs> when they yeah. don't have to. Uh, and then the rabid from the Saskas, I, I know when it's coming out, but I can't tell. Okay. But it'll, uh, it just, that's going to be, it'll be 2020. Okay. Yeah, early, okay. early 2020. And then you know you never know when you'll see me. I'm I'm always I'm always doing something. Great. Oh, I got to go back and watch the original Rabbit again. It's been a long time. That movie fucking freaked the shit. Even the 
Commer- the trailer for that movie when I was a kid this one like freaked the shit out of me yeah this one will get you oh, I'm so excited thank you for being here Phil thank you for having me the end ID 10 scanning complete enjoy your burrito